This week, I tackle sentient thongs, molting snake butts, and bikini fishing. And I try to explain why it's still worth watching. Hi, I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about this week. You have made me feel incredibly dirty about myself. <laughs> this is a really fun episode, but I just want to get like your initial like, how do you feel? How do your how your feelings? That tell the doll where it touched you. Like give 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 us like a full response. Where it touched me <laughs> is a key key <laughs> comment. Uh, I'll stop bumping my desk there. It's like an earth. It was from all the fan service. I get it. Right, all the fan service, which you'll get into shortly. Yes. But, so last week on our inaugural episode, we tackled uh, Cowboy Bebop, one of the classic, uh, most classic animes. Uh, and this week, Kyle wanted to go in a completely different direction. And he sent me on the path of fan service, which as he'll explain shortly, is really, really interesting stuff. And we picked four different episodes of four different series uh, that all offer, again, this fan service that Kyle will discuss, um, but in very different ways. But in one way, they are all the same, and that is a gratuitous amount of breast flesh. (laughs) And so... (laughs) All shiny, all shiny, all somehow... Glistening, I I dare say glistening. Yes, and they also somehow blush like the cheeks, so they have blushing (laughs) boobs at the same time as their cheeks. It's it's always fascinating. And and like I just laugh now, they're like, ha, 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 ha. (laughs) And incredible physics. So, yeah, so the Uh, reason why I decided to jump into this topic after we had just done... So I went from, like, an episode of pure legitimacy to, like, the hardest conversation to have to new fans about the medium. Because when you True story. It, yeah. If my parents came in the room, I would switch the screen to porn. Yes. It would be, be easier to explain than, than what I made you watch. And, and yeah. to your credit, Garrett, I made you watch some weird stuff. <laughs> so basically the idea of why i decided to do this is because as an anime fan when you talk about it with someone or you say hey i like this thing some people will say oh is that cartoons and then you can go into why it's not just cartoons oh isn't that just like a japanese thing you can understand why it's a japanese thing where it gets hard to explain is people go isn't that porn and you have to explain to people that anime in itself is a medium that happens to have of varying levels of what's known as fan service. And fan service in itself is when you take characters that people glom themselves onto, they're all beautiful, they're all busty, they're all have, they all have great curves and bodies and all that stuff, and you put them in situations in which they get into over-sexualized ways. So mm-hmm. essentially it is like, you know, like in like one of the episodes that we tackled Fairy Tale, all of these characters actually like don't wear this stuff most of the time. They're wearing armor or gear and they're like fighters and stuff like that. But then they take a break for a day and they're all just their clothes are flying off their bodies the willy nilly. So Well and, and I was gonna ask you that because in particular with that episode, I was like, This feels like an outlier. This right. is like the 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 episode where everyone's on vacation for the week or the beach house episode and yes so. every, every anime fan knows full well that every series has to have the quote-unquote beach episode 
right? Where like the story's not happening. We're just, everybody's in bikinis and, and bathing suits and we're having the beach episode. I, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just a quintessential part of reading anything. You're just like, we could be talking about murdering people, but as long as the beach episode's in the middle, then you can go back to murdering people after like an episode or two. It is like noted. So noted. That's why I felt like it was important. So let's start with our first scene. And for those watching out there, this is probably the one that most people have actually watched. It's the, probably the more popular, I would say, of the popular anime or manga in, in the United States. Like you get the big three of Naruto, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Bleach, One Piece. And then like a 1A would be Fairy Tale. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like this one because it looks like One Piece. It has like a style like One Piece does. And so, mm-hmm. and, and um, Hiromashima uh, is, is very close to... Uh, to um, Aitra Oda, who, who writes One Piece, and they kind of all model themselves in the same style. So it has that mm. feel, but it's it's different. So, But what we're going to do in this episode is, Garrett, I'm going to tell you, the noob, to give us a synopsis on what you watched. And I'm going to want you to explain episode five, uh, the OVA five. So this is an original video mm-hmm. anime. The, the uh, uh, episode is entitled The Exciting Ryuzetsu Land. So what happened, Garrett? What happened in this scene? So, uh, from the very start, I felt like this was like an outlier episode right? in everything you gave me, because you didn't give me series one, episode one of any of the shows. Correct. So, I sort of hopped right in. So, I knew for a fair amount I was going to know nothing as to what was going on. Mm-hmm. But this one, there seemed to be no discernible plot of, of any fashion. There's a lot of inside jokes um, for, for people who probably watch the show on the regular, Mm -hmm. but as best I could describe it, it would be a bikini competition at a great wolf lodge because they're at an indoor water park, Mm -hmm. all these different characters, everyone is ripped for, you know, for one reason or another. So obviously there's some sort of like superhero in their, in their own thing. Um, there was a lot about magical bikinis or legendary bikinis. Um, it also introduced uh, something that Kyle made me aware of several years ago in anime, uh, which was the nosebleed. And if you're not familiar with what a nosebleed symbolizes in anime, it's an erection. Yes. And uh, if you see a character who has a nosebleed, I think in, in this episode, one of the female characters said, I'm going to make you fill the pool with blood. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> Like, that's, that's, that's dirty, girl. That's dirty. I know. Uh, I know, and you get, like, like it's implied, but at right. the same time, you're like, I don't know how to take that. <laughs> so I also picked up there's a lot of, like, oh, you're from this guild or you're from this mage. So I sort of got the idea that uh, there was a lot of characters that they're all, um, like, they're either wizards or they're warriors with magical powers or something, and they're constantly battling one another. But this is vacation day, as Kyle stated. This is the beach episode. So everyone's going to get along with minimal interference with one another, just in the name of giving the fans at home a nosebleed. Yes. So, so that's... Ones that'll fill I mean, the pool. <laughs> <laughs> that's about all I picked up on the plot. There was also at some point... Uh, talk about the water slide. How, I want you to talk about the water slide, because I think they... How does that, the water like a- slide get out of control? So there's... <laughs> There is a water slide, and they preface it at the beginning of the episode. One of the female characters says to another male character, she says, do you want to go down the water slide? You're supposed to hug your paramour as you go down. And I'm I'm like, that's weird and sounds like a health violation, like someone could seriously get injured. 
you should never do water like bloom activities where you're actually touching it up in a joint in a joint session yes right so the culmination of the episode is this wild goes ride sorry this ride goes wild but (laughs) in I, I still don't understand it because people were like standing on the concrete looking up at it and they're like, Oh no. And all of a sudden they're flying down the flume. And I didn't, I have no idea why. And everyone who held each other had like a visceral, emotional and physical reaction to one another. Like these two guys were like, Oh no, don't do it. No. And next thing you know, they're, they're flying down in this like intertwined boy love moment. And uh, yeah. I had no clue what was happening. I, I was moderately entertained. No clue what was happening. <laughs> right. And I think this one, like, it's so far ahead in the series that, like, there's just so much you have to know beforehand before I get anything. So I had zero mm-hmm. idea thought. But, like, even with the stuff they did say, it didn't matter. Um, mm. So oh, right. I, I, I tried really hard. And I'm like, they're saying, they're speaking, why, well, again, yeah, three out of the four of these episodes today, I did sub. The mm-hmm. only one I did dub was because the source for right. it was dub only. But right. that being said, I was grasping desperately at the words that they were saying, <laughs> and I was like, "Nope, none of this registers a point or a direction." So if you were to summarize what you thought fairy tale was in one sentence, what do you think the show's about? I, I think it's about these individual guilds of um, people who possess magic because they said mage a lot. Mm-hmm. People who possess magic, uh, they all seem pretty young, so maybe they're kind of school age and they're competing, like different wizarding schools, a little Harry Potter-esque. I, I, I don't know. But it just sort of seemed like maybe these roving groups of, of mages that have their own quirky personalities and relationships mm-hmm. with one another and... Um, this was a way to blend them all. Maybe each episode focuses on a different guild mm. uh, or goes back and forth, and this one kind of brought them together, maybe? Right. Am I wrong, right? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, you're actually quite close, and I just love it because I want to. I can just hear the anime fans going like, ooh, just like a little off. He's like a little tweak there. <laughs> yeah, but you're actually fairly close. So Fairy Tale is the titular name of the mage guild that is the namesake of the show. And most of the okay. that you see in that episode are from fairy tale. So fairy tale okay. in itself. And, and in this world, unlike Harry Potter, they're not really at a school. They work at guilds and guilds take on okay. missions and the missions are what drive the story. Okay. And right. in this case, in this episode, it was like season five or six. And what happened in this guild is that they had an Avengers style thing where they had a tournament on an Island, a big dragon destroyed that Island, but one person casted a spell where they all kind of like Avengers flashed into time and they all appeared seven years later and came back and their guild was no longer the most powerful one. They were kind of the weak, weak guild because all their best ones were destroyed in this Island. They came back and now they're fighting in this grand games to be, to get back their title of the, as the best guild. Um, okay. In this show, so that just gives you a little context. I know that the episode right. doesn't do anything, but what Fairy Tale does more than anything is it loves mm-hmm. to push the shipping. And what shipping means is they like to take two characters and they want you to really want those two to get together. And okay, yeah, because everyone was paired off, right? Whether it was like two females, two males, uh, this couple, that couple, right. everyone was paired off. Right. And in this episode, they really wanted to be clear who was with who because I think before then. Um, you know, you get 
uh, Gajil, who was the big black spiky haired guy, and um, and but he's and, the one who looks like a, a rock, the rock. Yeah, the yeah, pool. and Levy, who's the female, they're 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 supposed to be a couple, and then you got the best one everybody loves is Gray and Juvia, which is or Juvia is how you're really supposed mm-hmm. to say her name. And there they she loves him, but he he's all the he's like the you'll find out what a Sunder Day's Zumbi's like he's like oh I don't really like you all that much. But like I'll, so, I'll, so you know, I'll keep you at my hip pocket kind of thing. But she's like, I love you that kind of thing. So who it's a lot of female that who is the female with the legendary bathing suit that So that is many people's waifu. That's Urza. E R Z A. Urza. They call it the Titania. Her power is that she she magically changes her outfit to fit the battle, but she's like considered one of the strongest mages. So Erza, yeah. which I, I, I know you're going to learn these terms. So like, I'm going to actually write in the post waifu. What's a waifu? Waifu, oh, okay. waifu is what an anime fan will call the, their female character. Cause it's the kind of Japanese, Japanese pronunciation of the word wife. So it's oh, my like, wifey. Like I like, like my wifey. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. Japanese way of saying waifu. And they, okay. and so Erza is like the strong, like powerful one, but she's also got an amazing rack and her power is to like change her clothes in like whatever yeah. fashion to, to fight. Yeah, so yeah. I think with, with her, her legendary bikini was part of her power because like she'll change to a samurai sometimes. Most of the time she's dressed mm-hmm. in knight armor other times. So like that is, you know, so that's kind of in keeping with her character, but um, you know, right. knowing that it rips is kind of, you know, and getting her nude is, is kind of the key point and there's a lot of nudity so as we as we kind of close up on this episode because we've got to move on to the other ones right, right on a scale of one to ten what would you give this in terms of gratuity gratuitousness oh five and a half or six five and a half i, I would give it two. T- it was it was like no one any Throw on any mainstream television show, uh, especially one from like the years of 1999 to like 2010 when we were all a little less woke and everyone's in a bikini and the close-up shots are of the side boob and the under boob. And it was, you know, it was just an animated, it was an an animated version of Baywatch, I guess. Yeah. Like at least this one particular episode, I know that doesn't speak to the broader topic of a fairy tale. Right, right. So, um, and I guess the very quick question is, would you watch Fairy Tale knowing what you now know about the episode? Yes or no? This could be a simple, like, yes. Like, are you feeling it? I wouldn't seek it out. Right. Okay. I would, uh, uh, I could tell you it was my third favorite. Okay. Interesting. The things that you handed out to me, yeah. All right, now this next one we have to be very careful of because it has a very strong fandom, Kill a Kill, which okay, which uh, I don't know how you're going to explain this episode because I gave you the most gratuitous fan servicey episode, episode fifteen, um, mm-hmm. of Kill a Kill, the first season. There was only really one total, yep. season. Uh, but so for those out there, what what, what was this episode about? This episode can be summarized with one statement, and that's butt-naked dudes mech warrior suits. Um, At one point, they were loading men from, like, cannons into what looked like mechanical velociraptor legs and firing them across the countryside. Um, So here's sort of what I felt like Kill Luck Hill was. Um... 
apparently there was human and non-human, but everyone takes on the appearance of being human. But it appears that costumes or outfits or uniforms uh, possess powers. So it's less about the person like you, of course, you can have the will inside of the costume, but the actual power you get is from the outfit that you're wearing. And it was sort of interesting when the episode started, the first people in costumes were in white. And I immediately thought they were the good guys uh, because I, you associate white with good and um, they're actually not the good guys and the bad guys were in black and red, but I sort of got the vibe that there are certain people who are powerful. Uh, by the way, this is all happening in bombed out Osaka, <laughs> Japan. Yes. Um, there are certain people who are more powerful than others. Um, and they wear these uh, body armor type suits. Some of them are very mechanical looking, but many of them are just like very highly stylized. Like think of like a, like, like almost like a revolutionary soldier's mm-hmm. jacket, but with just like nipple pasties and a thong underneath it, um, which somehow acts like an incredible shield, uh, an an incredible weapon. Um, So the, what I picked up from it was, is there's, um, there's this, was it um, lady Satsuki? Yeah. Yeah. She's the like uh, head. uh, She's like the head, uh, disciplinary action. I don't want to give you too much away, but I want you to, yeah. Gotcha. Well, yes. Well, that's the period. Yeah. So, so at some point it, it it is revealed that it's almost like there's schools battling Mm -hmm. one another. Uh, so like they're, they're students. Um, but I wrote a few notes I wrote down were, uh, the power of clothing. Right. Uh, there was also, uh, a moment where a mech warrior crab got poked up the crab, butt while the poker screamed, Skeet, skeet, skeet. Uh, this was the one that was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, dubbed over, even though uh, I would have preferred not to have it dubbed. So that was really interesting to have, like, the direct Japanese translation across the bottom um, and the characters not necessarily matching that up word for word. Right. Uh, I also noted that there was a character named Matoy who looked mm-hmm. like Rufio. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone knows Hook from Hook, yeah. uh, ni- 93 or 1994. Oh, it's crazy that that's your comparison. That's your um, she's a female Rufio, and she sings Bangarang with her one, one arm scissor. Right. Um, also, they did this thing uh, when they changed out of their normal clothes and they put the suits on. Uh, it's it sort of, they turned into like a less detailed body form, but very naked. And there was like wind would swirl around them and all of their tits would go. (gasps) Yes. They would have the wind blow from the bottom of their boobs was so violent that their body was still, (laughs) but their breasts would just be, and and their face always looked calm. Like they were sleeping. They were just like, ah, (laughs) so, so, in one sentence, what is Kill a Kill about? In one sentence, what is Kill a Kill about? Yes, kill what kill, you did from this episode. Kill a Kill is about warring schools uh, who utilize the power of uh, uh, body suits um, to fight one another. That's honestly, well, Garrett, for, for someone who just watched episode 15... You know, I didn't do that bad. So some corrections out there. So there's all okay. one school. 
And oh, the okay. folks in white are kind of the disciplinary committee, which means that like in many of these schools, I, I can't speak for the country of Japan, but for a lot of the anime that Prout presented in high school is that there's usually like a group of students who are like the best students who are there to kind of like keep order with the other students. And that is the kind of... It's um, like a prefect. Yeah, it's, it's like they're like a bunch of... Yeah, they're like the, the enforcers of the school, but they're actually like the best students and they're given... Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the student council. Um, and Satsuki Kiryujin is the, um, is the one in white. And she, uh, she the way that they give their, uh, their kind of rule over the school is with these things called Goku uniforms, which do have special powers and, and crazy abilities that come with their clothes. And then... The, Kato- the the Rufio character, <laughs> Ryuko Matoi, she is uh she is there to find out who killed her father, the father in that school. And her blade, the one scissor, uh, is able to cut Goku uniform. So it's a, like her battle against it. So she fights the bad guys Rufio. by stripping them. Yeah. Rufio. <laughs> by stripping the other characters naked. Um, one thing to note is that the clothes are called Life Battle Fibers. Um, and that's because light fibers. That's right. Yes, and uh, not to spoil it because I don't know if you're going to watch Kill a Kill. The what you find out is that clothes are actually sentient beings that are that have a symbiotic relationship with humans. Okay. And the story goes is that humans were given abilities, powers, and intelligence by clothes, and in return, we wear them, and they use our power, our life energy, to give to keep. Yeah, so it's like venom. Like this, this shirt right now is Venom, and okay, <laughs> all right. Um, I love that I'm like skeptical of every word coming out of your mouth, and you're like, it's like Venom, and I'm like, oh, naturally, naturally. yeah, yeah. And that, that's what gives it away, right? <laughs> I, I think for me, what I like about Kill a Kill, um, is it is very stylized. So, save for all like mm-hmm. the weird clothing stuff, mm-hmm. I love the jagged writing. I like the like when people get into battles, they like they get very distorted in their view and like the action's very cool like i picked this episode because i wanted to see a confrontation between the lead almost new chick and the good almost the bad almost new chick and just to see the two of them fight i'd forgot that like there were you know guys with pink glowing nipples and like naked mechs and then like the end and then when she joins this like opposing force disciplinary commission they're called like the nudist committee or whatever so like they're opposing clothes because they're nudist beach the nudist beach, yeah, and they're there to, they're there to stop the the oppression of clothes, and that's yeah. It's so, like all that aside, I appreciate it for what the the stylization is. I appreciate the. <laughs> it's, right, weird to, right. it's weird to push uh, aside no, glowing it, pink it, nipples. <laughs> no, but it all makes it's in its absurdity. It's starting to make more sense because I'm like, why are they called nudist beach? That's so stupid. But now that I re- realize that they're rallying against the of clothes you don't have to be worn clothes i'm like well i guess that makes sense yeah yeah right it, it makes it in its own logic it works and if, if at anything it's a good battle anime so like i like anime mm-hmm. in which there's a tournament and people are fighting each other this if you like that style that's the mm-hmm. just what you're gonna get here not it doesn't advance the plot too much um mm-hmm. you also find out uh you know matoy's relationship with uh uh, you know, Satsuki, um, Queen Satsuki, and they have a very mm-hmm. good relationship, and then they find out a central person that's the centerville, and they work together. So it's a really, I mean, for the art, the style, it's, I, I, I enjoyed it, but like, as I said, I don't yeah. understand. But the problem that I, and I want to be very, I want to stress this very much to you, Garrett, there is a huge fandom that will yeah. 
knock you out if you make fun of Kill a Kill, man. They love this. Yeah. They love Matoy. They when love when was Kill a Kill? Is Kill a Kill still active? Is it still on? Uh, it's it, it's a Netflix thing, but it came out in 2014. But the fandom's still pretty strong on it. Um, and they try to. Defend- but there, you, they hasn't been like new episodes recently, no, or no, no. It's it's a it's a one and done. So I think I appreciate it because it was also a one and done. It wasn't like mm-hmm. Fairy Tale, which now was was like on season like 15 by the time it was done, and Fair uh, and One Piece, which is still going. Like this is like you learn the story and it's over. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that, but like I think this is one of those key battle points where people are like, you can appreciate mm-hmm. the style. You appreciate how it creates like a weird narrative, but it makes it work. Mm-hmm. And and the Matoy character, albeit is getting naked a lot, is still like a really badass character, right? And also want you want to be her her to be what your waifu, right? Um, it's still like I, I can see why people like will defend it, even though it has some lewd aspects mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. So well, I yeah. still found it to be fairly mild. I right. mean. So, for example, like, you're watching two women go into battle. Um, clearly, when you're watching an attack move, the appropriate angle is the panty shot. Right. Like, right. naturally, that's... And naturally, that's, if when, I, yeah. when I'm when i coming to punch someone, I automatically assume they're looking at my taint, and I just have to block <laughs> it. <laughs> no! What's the taint? No! And... <laughs> So, so let's, let's give it, let's give it a, um, a question on a scale of one to 10 scale of one to 10. Mm-hmm. Would you give this in terms of gratuitousness in terms of like the fan service and the sexuality? Ah, uh, you know, maybe a six again. I, 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 my senses were not overloaded. Yeah. I, I thought, I thought it was pretty standard. You know, we know our audience, right? We we know what we need to throw in there, and also whereas with Fairy Tale, where it was a one off episode, yeah, what I got in Kill a Kill, I feel like I'd be getting a lot right. in Kill a Kill. Right. You know, every episode, whether it's ten, twenty, thirty episodes, whatever it is. Yeah, and so the, both of those are kind of in the action adventure genre. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go into a completely mm-hmm. new genre, but before that, um, would you watch Kill a Kill what, with what you've seen? Yeah, absolutely would. Cool. I would absolutely watch Kill a Kill. I would add it to my Netflix list next time I'm logged in and cool. and put it on my watch list for sure. Awesome, cool. And I know there's some fans that would agree with you. Um, so the third one. Now we go from the action battle genre to a completely different genre that is going to be news to you and it's going to require a lot of explanation. But we're going to talk mm-hmm. about level three on the uh, fan service scale: <laughs> mm-hmm. Monster Musume or Everyday Life with the Monster Girls. Um, How- I had you watch episode. Six, uh, which was regarding how the lead character was helping out his his, his being a good host. I think, Garrett, explain what happened in this episode. <laughs> at at minute seven and two seconds, I wrote the words, "I feel so dirty." <laughs> this was written by perverts for perverts. I don't disagree. So what happened in this episode, Garrett? So it appears to me uh, that there is a a lead male character who has somehow found himself living in a home with one, two, three, four, five. By the time of this episode, five, it keeps getting bigger throughout the course. Five very large-breasted women who also happen to be monsters of some sort. They have to be Uh, the the primary female, I would argue, is uh, half snake, half 
half woman. Right. Uh, there's a centaurian woman. Uh, there's a bird woman. Right. There's what looks like a flubber woman who's covered in green goo. Okay. Um, what, what, what am I missing from this episode? There, um, the harpy, you found out, the lamia, the centaur, the slime, and then there should be a mermaid by that point. I'm not sure. Yes, that. yes, there was a girl who swims. Yeah. Okay. So. so anyway, so the episode opens scene. Right. The episode opens up with Snake Monster Girl cooking dinner for the man of the house. Um, and she's apparently a terrible cook and she's distracted. And the reason that she's distracted is because we find out she's molting. Her Mm. skin is coming off much like a snake skin would come off. Uh, the host discovers this. And in what Kyle would describe as a act of being a good host, what I would describe as creepy and terrifying and sexual all at the same time. Um, he decides he needs to help her molt because she's too embarrassed to, to do it on her own. So we spend five minutes watching this man peel the skin off of a snake female monster as she orgasms into the night. And I think that was right about minute seven when I said, I feel so, so incredibly dirty. And as if it couldn't get any worse, there's a knock at the door. Right. And there's a... Who could it be? There's, <laughs> why, it's your friendly neighborhood random videographer who says he's, he's there to... For, uh, hold on, I wrote it down. <laughs> it was, I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, he's there to document the, the... He's there to document. I think at one point the words came out of his mouth, take off her panties. It's for mutual understanding. <laughs> <laughs> so this videographer shows up and he's very much a creeper and so apparently these monsters must be unique to earth it sounds like they're on um, some sort of species exchange program okay. um so they're they're also they don't know the culture super well they're not totally naive but they're they're willing to open themselves up for interviews and all this stuff because they're on this exchange program and they know that a big part of that is is knowledge and learning about one another of course and so this videographer asked to interview every girl including the harpy who is going to give birth to an egg uh yeah yeah she's 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 laying an egg that month so right so he proceeds to ask them all to see their rooms to get a little bit better idea of uh of how they're living and he gets into the room he asks the first question and inevitably he goes uh yeah 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 can I see your panties? And, and they're like, no, how could you ask such a thing? And it was, it was really, it was something, man. It was watched, something. Did you watch the birth scene too? That was, that was, that was, that was good. <laughs> yes, I watched the birth scene. <laughs> yeah, Put it's, your important, hand. it's important for Monster Exchange that you watch the harpy moan her way through laying an egg. How are you not going to understand anime? I know! And, and essentially the man of the house has to give her a reach around to like pull the eggshell out of her. Uh, and I'm also... There's also implied that he may have touched her clitor- uh, the snake's clitoris when she was taking off her, her skin because a snake walks through like a store and like he brushes against the ceiling and goes, Hello! 
that, that was one of the best things about this episode was like the symbolism when he's trying to like rewind five minutes when he's trying to pull the skin off of the snake and, and he accidentally puts his hand somewhere it shouldn't be and the cut scene is a lizard putting a golf ball into a hole and then like it brushes against the roof and like hello It's heavy implications. <laughs> so it was right, wild, so man. It was wild. Absorbed a lot, and I appreciate you, you taking the effort to learn a little bit about about this this genre. Um, well, I mean, so to be fair, second, it was for it was for mutual understanding <laughs> and friendship. <laughs> it's for your friendship with me and mutual understanding of how much of a perv I am for ever watching this show. So, the question: one sentence, one sentence summary. What would you say? Monster Musume Everyday Life Girls uh, with Everyday Life with Monster Girls is all about. Hmm. Uh, brothel full of monsters, never-ending adventure and orgasms. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so you actually hit a lot of good points in there. Um, so the show Everyday Life with Monster Girls, uh, is about a character <laughs> named Kimihito Kurusu, who uh, was forced by the exchange program because they were running out of houses um, mm-hmm. to house Monster Girls in this exchange program to mm-hmm. get them to live in, a hum- in the human world. Um, and he's, an only, he's only the one guy in the house, and he's there to house them and keep them in line and, like, the misadventures of that. And honestly... It's what you need to know he's about He's doing this. a terrible job. He's doing a very terrible right. job. And I think a reason why I picked this anime above the ridiculousness of the fan service is mm-hmm. to explain this genre, which is called the harem manga. And harem, okay. as you know, is with one man who has a large mm-hmm. amount of women who are like on his beck and call. And that is very much the theory around this, this, this stuff. A lot of people yeah. don't like harem mangas, and a lot of people enjoy them because they have, like, different characters mm-hmm. that are, like, fighting for the affection of one guy. And mm-hmm. there's a lot to problematize about that, but I think when it comes no. to monsters, and, like, this is, has, like, mm-hmm. a very concept that, like, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It's a good, it's a... And so what you learn is that uh, he first gets uh, Mila the... Uh, the Mia the snake, which she's actually a Lamia, mm-hmm. which is a snake creature. He has mm-hmm. to on Santorea, who is the centaur. Uh, Sue, which is the slime, so she's a slime. Poppy, which mm-hmm. is the name of the, <laughs> of the of the harpy, and the ways in which he has to deal with their very biologies and things that they do. Like at some point, like the centaur goes into heat, and Lamias mm-hmm. like also have like an orgy at some point that he, that they that they invite men to, and they just have massive orgies because they have to propagate their species because they're only female. And so it's like a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff that happens in this show. Right, very dirty, right. Very much, as you said, for pervs by pervs. Uh, but well, and I, I want to ask you: Does when was this? When did this come out? It, this, it looks fairly recent. The animation was pretty crisp. Uh, the anime was pretty crisp, I, but I and I think it's actually one of the newer ones. It's in 2014, much like Kill a Kill. Okay. Uh, and the reason why I ask is because there's there's a lot of things that for lack of a better way of putting it, you used to be able to get away with. 
that you can't get away with now in American media. I mean, you could certainly do it, right? And you're not going to go to jail, right? But you're going to catch holy hell for it, and you have to right. deal with the blowback, and if it's right. worth it. And I definitely think harem stylized anime is something that would run into a lot of interference if you made a show like that here. So I know that obviously culture is a lot different over there. I don't know how it certainly didn't seem woke, uh, but I also understand how you say that with this particular show, you can kind of explain it away because they're monsters. Yeah. And I guess in a way, Oh God, this is going to sound terrible. It dehumanizes the, the, the situation, but I don't know. Right. And I think the one thing about hair and manga is that it's actually got a long history of, of different shows that represent this Mm -hmm. from like Tenchi Muyo, which was on adult swim before, uh, you mm-hmm. you know, and so a lot of ones that are more romance based. This one's kind of more mm-hmm. of category of etchy. So just kind of okay. give you an idea. Etchy is um a, is means that it's more sexualized. It's like it's more explicit with its sexuality, but not, mm. but doesn't actually go into porn territory. Like it, it, the range goes, it goes like it's knocking on the door, man. Right. It's an it's <laughs> fan service etchy hentai, which is actual porn. So. Uh. Etchy is like right in between those two factors. And I think mm-hmm. for me, I feel like hair man- mangas have a shelf life to me because there's only so much I can feel vicariously. You're a guy living through this like fantasy of women trying to like you. And then you introduce a new girl and then a new girl mm-hmm. and a new girl. And really you're just like, just get, cause we all know you want it. We want you to get with like the first two or three. So just get there. Mm-hmm. Stop adding more. Cause eventually we get a headless ghost. We get a spider woman. <laughs> We get uh, oh, wait, Spider Woman is a villain though, right? Because she makes a quick at, so picture. at one point, but not anymore. Um, there is okay. uh, a bee creature. There is a uh, a one eyed Cyclops. There is a one horned creature. It gets very overwhelming very quickly, and you're just like okay. weird thing about the one eyed Cyclops. She actually has two vaginas. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the snake comes out. <laughs> For those watching, I have no idea if that's true or false. <laughs> I just imagine that something has to come in pairs. Right. So, for Monster Musume, Everyday Life with, with uh, Monster Girls, on a scale yeah. of 1 to 10, how would you give it in terms of its gratuity factor? Well, I mean, if hentai is where 11 is, <laughs> right? Right. Then this is certainly a strong 9. <laughs> a very... Very. I was hoping time. three would be a little bit below, but I guess it's it's in the gratuity book. So, would you? Yeah. Yes or no? Would you watch? Well, the, the issue is is like the visuals. They 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 try with those little asides. They try and keep it quirky and fun, but I mean, a third of the episode was like moaning and gyration. So I think that there is a there has to be a. Uh, an, an industry that's like makes billions of dollars of just Japanese women that are able yeah. to go, uh, uh, right. And can uh, you imagine, I thought the entire time, if you are the voice actress yeah. and you go into the studio and you cut your, your moan and some dude comes over the loudspeaker and he's like, Rah. uh, I really wasn't feeling the orgasm that time. So if you could run those vocals again, like, <laughs> I also feel that, really weird it, because for some reason, no matter how much they, they claim that the woman is either receiving pleasure or liking what she's doing, mm-hmm. they always have to seem as if you were, they are not 
permitting, there's no consent in anything that's being done. It's always like a, baka, 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 yeah, yeah, like a lot of that. And it's, it, mm-hmm. it's tough to get into something like that when that is the central, like here in the United States, culturally, we would, we don't necessarily right. dig that as a general factor, but like there, they really lean into it. Yeah. Like, don't do For- it, don't do it. Like that kind of stuff. And I'm, yeah. Furthermore, thank you for now the image when I go to bed tonight. I'll see, like, the last thing I'll see in my eyelids is cow going, baka, baka, baka. Like, Trust me, that won't be the last. <laughs> that was the first, but it won't be the last. <laughs> I think we were rating it. I don't know. Uh, so you yeah. gave it a nine. Would you watch Ross and knowing what you've seen from the fan service? Uh, yeah, I might, I might give it a couple episodes just to see what the character development, uh, just, just to see the, but for cultural understanding, right? That's, that's <laughs> and mutual friendship and mutual friendship. Um, all right. So uh, now we're going into level four, the mm-hmm. ultimate in fan service craziness that I made you watch, which comes from, uh, an episode of the second season also of Sora no Toshimono, which means heaven's lost property. Uh, and mm-hmm. this is, uh, I think, believe episode nine uh, of this um, of this episode. So, Garrett, this is what what happened in Heaven's Lost Property. So, Heaven's Lost Property. No idea what that title has to do anything with uh, with the show that I watched. Uh, the animation was really interesting. Uh, it, the, the scale of the characters kept changing. At some point, they were like small, almost like children. Mm-hmm. And then at other times, they're like teenagers. And then other times, they're like adults. Um, it, it also introduced me to this other thing that apparently when you feel embarrassment or arousal, uh, I never noticed this in my wife or in anyone in my life, but apparently your eyes disappear and they're replaced by like shutter shade lines across your face. Yeah. Um, but it, it starts with this character uh, that everyone calls Prez. No idea what they're the Prez of. But it seems mm-hmm. cool. And she's introducing everyone to a game that they're going to be playing that day. So, again, playing a game that day, I kind of wondered if this episode was an outlier and not, like, a sequential part of the, right. of the series. Um, and she said, everyone, we're going to be going fishing. Apparently, people really like fishing around there. Uh, but what you learn very quickly is that they're actually fishing for breasts attached to women. They are fishing. They not not disembodied they, breasts. These are breasts attached to women. Well, when I when I, when I described it to my wife, I said, uh, she, I, "They're fishing for breasts," and she goes, "You mean like just two boobs hanging out in the pool?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. I mean like they're attached to women." So, um, <laughs> so there are these buxom women uh, or uh, varying levels of bustiness. Yes, um, who are in. Uh, like a giant dunk tank. Mm-hmm. And so these fishermen attach another character to the end of a fishing line, which is a glorified rope, and mm-hmm. throw them into the dunk tank. And it's up to this person to collect the women with the biggest bust. They're then brought ashore, much like a smallmouth bass would be. And instead of being weighed like a smallmouth bass, is they roll their breasts like a fingerprint over a piece of paper and they measure their they measure their boobs <laughs> and who and just like a fishing tournament if you've ever watched outdoor network right. he he who accumulates the most inches of bust wins the tournament that day and at one point they pull a girl out of the water and the fisherman looks at her and he goes not today minnow and <laughs> throws her back in the water <laughs> 
Um, so that I all kind of got, I know. But one thing I didn't get, and I'm sure is explained, is this kind of like, I was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about this, was half the women seem to have, they wear chains around their neck. Mm-hmm. And half the women didn't. I didn't really know what that was about. Right. Um, and then sort of at the end of the episode, uh, one of the women with chains around their neck, she keeps calling this guy master, master, master. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she appears to be in love with him. And I think it's like his birthday or something. And she wants to get him something that will really make him happy. Uh, and in the end, she gets something that makes herself happy, a watermelon. Mm-hmm. And he is made happy by her happiness. And if that sounds confusing, it's because it is. <laughs> So that's what I got out of that. <laughs> one sentence. Okay, so one sentence summary. What is Sora no Toshimono, Heaven's Lost Property, about? <laughs> Fishing for boobs, watermelons are great. <laughs> that's going to be that's gonna be the tagline of this episode. Okay, so what if I was to tell you, <laughs> what if I was to tell you, Garrett, that the name Heaven's Lost Property refers to fallen angels, or what are known as battle angels. So the women with chains are former servants of the angels in heaven. Mm-hmm. And the angels in heavens are such dirtbags that they essentially dropped them into the world because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is, the, this is useless. This one's stupid. This one doesn't have this. And they just throw them into the world. And this okay. one boy who just wants a peaceful, easy life, who's also a gigantic perv, yep. finds one girl that her name is Ikaros, who ends up becoming his property. So now he owns his own battle angel. And over the course Hmm. of the series, more angels come because they don't like that Icarus has found a human and that, Hmm. and they're trying to find out. And then she's got like a little history behind her, but then the guy just keeps up ending up accumulating more angels. But you got Hmm. the, the Icarus, which is his main one. Then you got uh, the, uh, the Delta and they're all called alpha beta and, and deltas and stuff like that. Um, one mm-hmm. is called one's called Nymph is the one with the, the minnow that gets thrown back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athena is the one that's the huge breast that they say we have a lo- a big lunker in there, and she like eats a sandwich and pops out with her humongous rack. That yeah. so um, like you do, like you do, and so this genre is what is known as the sudden girlfriend genre. And this was pretty popular. This is one of the older animes. This was popular in the early 2010s um, with shows such as Chobits and Deers of the idea of a guy who is just kind of stupid and normal and bland. And all of a sudden Mm -hmm. this random perfect woman just kind of like latches onto him and does everything he wants, you know, and he's, she's so hyper realism. Hyper realism. So in this case, she's a battle angel in Chobit. She's a robot in deer. She's an alien. Like it's a lot of that sudden girlfriend genre. Mm -hmm. But in this case, um, and they're all definitely, they definitely tend to go less etchy in other things. They tend to go more into the romance category, but this show is like etchy, like square in the etchy category. And Mm -hmm. What I find interesting about this one is um, the weirdness of feeling like, because in like Chobits is like, you know, Chobits and Deers, they're like, oh, I want to please this man. You know, this is like, these women, like, they, they use the master a lot and it's very kind of uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like, but it's also like, it, it, it's kind of more, it's, it kind of leans in the harem category, but you always... Okay. But you always go for the main two in the beginning. So um, okay. I would say 
as a matter of point, the anime really veers from the manga at some point. Um, so mm-hmm. the manga's really, uh, the manga's much longer than the anime is. And this second season was like a lot of filler. So none of these episodes had anything to do with the manga content. And it's from the second mm-hmm. season. And I think it's just like filler. So okay. I, I, of course, you weren't going to get any of that from this episode. Uh, right. But I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever watched. And I felt really dirty watching it when I did see it. And I was like, who, 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 who decided this was an idea? But I have to ask you, did you, did you know this episode exists? Or did you have to seek it out using certain keywords? <laughs> uh, Jade fishing. Boob measuring. No, uh, and no, I just started exactly watching. Exactly what I wanted. That's, that's what I wanted. No, I just I think in anything like I get I got into like genre phases. So like I started getting it. Uh, you know, I watched a lot of Shonen, a lot of the action oriented stuff. Yep. Then I got more into like the Saint and mystery stuff. But then like mm-hmm. I, I I just like my brain got overwhelmed, and so I decided to find the stupid stuff. And that's when the harem stuff got mm-hmm. in there. So you like the Rosario vampire. Yeah. Well, well, I always and then like this one kind of came life. into it. And I just finished it, and like and then I just kept moving. It was just one of those things that I said in passing. But this episode stuck in my mind so much because I never at one point was just like, like I get it. Like I normally get like the culture's different. It's different from mm-hmm. what I'm used to, but this was so absurd that I don't know like who can explain this, you know? And so I was like, when I came up with this episode, I was like, huh, what about the, what if I give Garrett the boob fishing episode? <laughs> and that was what went through my mind. So it was, uh, it was something. It was I'll something. So I, I fear, I fear that like, much like the fairy tale episode, you didn't get a lot of information. But mm-hmm. from one to nine, what would you rank in, in terms of gratuitousness? Well, there was certainly a lot less moaning and orgasming than Monster House. <laughs> However, the whole master subservient, yeah, objectifying women and fishing for boobs, uh, uh, eight and a half. Because it didn't have any moans in it. It didn't have clitoral uh, yeah, yeah. references. Yeah. Or, or... And I probably wouldn't seek it out. You uh, would not watch Sword of Toshimono? No, for, for other reasons as well. Like sort of some of the interactions between the characters. Like the, um, the, the one male character who, um, who the lead... Would you say you almost sounded like you said Icarus, but what was her name? Uh, Icarus. Yeah, it's 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 Icarus, like Icarus basically. Yeah. When when she's buying a, a a gift for that guy and he gets like embarrassed because they find a porno like behind his VCR. Yeah. And just the reaction and the animation behind it, it just yeah. sort of stylization it was just the stylization is not something. I that also really I also I also want to start a campaign where. I'm, I'm like sick of watching anime in which men are petting women. And this mm-hmm. has a lot of that, like, you know, that like you have no agency, you have no nothing. And just like, I, it, mm-hmm. it, it gets to me on a different level than that. And like, it's not like something I can really get into. So I'm with you. Like, right. I, I took it to its logical conclusion and I just moved on. Um, yeah. uh, so that's the way I looked at it. So right. I'm glad you went through this experience with me, Garrett. Um, it was fascinating to hear how a new person would look at something that spans many different genres, but it's kind of really unique to this medium. Mm -hmm. And I think uniquely, normally we do our Weeb and Noob score to talk about, would you recommend it? And we've already kind of talked about it, but this Weeb and Noob score is going to be how important is this to your 
total repertoire. Like, can you go without this and still appreciate anime as it is? Um, and that's like, for me, it's like as a, as an avid watcher, what do I mm-hmm. feel that way? And for a new person, like, mm-hmm. you, like don't seek any etchy stuff out. Don't seek any, yeah. you know, fan service stuff out. Um, mm-hmm. I would give this a four or five. It takes a while to get used to why it's there. It, it gets a while to like right. understand it for what it is. And when you see it mm-hmm. in the breadth of what it is, then you get that yeah. it's kind of more ubiquitous than you think it is. Yeah. So I would give it like a four or five, just kind of be like, it's middle of the road. Like it's there. It's going to be in everything. Mm-hmm. You might as well just get used to it and enjoy the parts you do like. And that's, yeah. What would you say? For uh, Should people avoid? If someone's fans? just if someone you shouldn't avoid it. Yeah, but just like any, I mean, look if at the risk of speaking in platitudes and and generalizations, like a fifteen-year-old boy is probably really going to dig this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, That's generally I mean, geared towards. They're they're looking to fill their time with the most. I mean go back to when we were 15 and, and, you know, adult content wasn't widely available on the internet, but if you could get sort of like a substitute, you know, if you didn't have a box that stole HBO to watch real sex at two in the morning, then maybe you would try and find this if you were in Japan, because either ecchi or hentai uh, appeals to that without being that. Um, You really have to know your audience. I would have to know, I would never, ever start someone off and say, watch this, it's cool. Um, well, you know. Unless you're doing a, a podcast in which you just want maybe, to weird out your friend. <laughs> right. Maybe kill a kill. Kill a kill. Okay. And I would say most I people think, would say that too. Right. Now, now if, I were to, uh, if I were to rank them, I would say, um, for me, and to those people out there, don't be upset. This is your ranking. This is no one else's. Personal opinion. Personal. On the singular episodes that I was tasked with watching, uh, Sora was fourth place. Right. Fairy Tale was third place. Second place was Kill a Kill. And first place was Monster House. I just love how Monster Musume is your top one, and it's the one that you like were just baffled by the most, which just kind of speaks. Oh, well, I to think like, that what? was it because it was it was truly like so different than yeah. Yeah. than the others. But Kill a Kill, I would I could actually introduce that to someone, and if they'd be like, "Well, a lot of weird panty shots," I'd be like, "Yeah, whatever," but it doesn't take away from the show, right? You and know, that like, is, and that is for all you weebs out there. That's that's the way you introduce it. You say, "Hey." You know, it, I get it. It's got panty shots. I get it. It's over-sexualizing women. And for my purposes, I know that I don't. that doesn't reflect me as a person. But I still mm-hmm. like the thing. And I still like the art. I still love the action sequences. I love the characters. Right. Like, all that stuff. And let's also about. keep in mind with Kill a Kill, like, it's also, like, in one episode, I understood it to be the two leads are strong, independent female women. Right. Exactly. So... I mean, but here's the thing, you know, as we close off another episode of the Weeping mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts, uh, you out there watching this. Is something, is fan service something that affects you and it makes it so that you don't want to watch the anime? Is it something that you watch hidden, hidden off in your closet or is it something you openly enjoy with, with Matoya on your on your screen printed t-shirt? Let us know in the comments <laughs> below. So that's the way I like to look at it. Any Any closing thoughts, Garrett? Uh, no, you've scarred me. Until next week. (laughs) Until next week, everyone. See you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye.